Welcome to Comic Books Transformed, where we take your comic book knowledge and transform it into digital currency. I'm Anchor Pete, and my co-host over there, Bitcoin Brian, he's going to take your points and he's going to turn it into Bitcoin. Brian, are you ready to start trading people's currency into Bitcoin? Uh, sure, yeah. Maybe someone should just give me some first to, to you know, start us off. Okay, there you go. It's going to come directly out of your bank account, is that Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely something in there to, to take. Yeah. Cool. And, and now my daughter is going to awkwardly walk behind us. Oh, okay. Never mind. She's not. Sometimes when we do these live recordings, she goes and gets a snack right behind me. But... Actually, I take her vitamins. <laughs> oh, she takes her vitamins. Okay. There you go. Uh, Middle school is awesome. Okay, guys, if you've actually stuck around for the first 50 seconds of this video, uh, I'm Anchor Pete. That is my good friend, Brian, over there. And we are here to talk about Hawkeye episode number uh, five, but that's after we talk about Young Justice episode 10. We're big fans of Young Justice, and so we want to give it the attention it deserves. And so we're going to review the newest episode. And Brian, right off the back, uh, did you know the title of the episode before you watched it? Uh, yeah, I, I looked them all up, but it's hard to remember them because they're backwards. Right, right. So this one was Nomad Asir. So were you able to kind of guess what it was? Uh, Demon Rise? Yes, yes. So you knew we were on board for Etrigan this time around? Yes. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan of the Demon from DC Comics or no? Yeah, no, I, I like Etrigan before. I, I've seen him in a, in a few comics here and there. Um, I don't remember him being in all that many um, animated um, adaptations before. So this... Uh, no, I've I've seen him in something before. He had to have been in Justice League, or yeah. uh, or Unlimited, but but um, yeah, uh, yeah, he definitely was. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in Justice League Unlimited, and then there was a cartoon called like I think it was called like Justice League Action, where they had these little shorts. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes. And there was this really really great. Oh no, no I'm I'm totally thinking of Justice League Unlimited though. That's the wrong thing. Justice League Action had this like little short story with John Constantine, and it was really good. But with uh, Justice League Unlimited, they had this one episode where like all the heroes were turned into kids. Do you remember that one? Yes. And and he's in that, but he's like as a little baby demon. <laughs> yeah, my kids love that because like I think at one point they have to like change his diaper and stuff. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but I, uh, maybe I'll go rewatch that after this. Yeah. There was like a little kid, John Stewart, and like they were taking care of the, the demon baby, and then like the demon made kind of like a like a fart noise, and like, oh, we gotta change his diaper, you know. Anyway, I thought he was pretty great in this episode, and once again, we get uh, you know Z Zatanna and her alkalites, and we also get Clarion fighting against the child and uh, Flaw. But I gotta say that for me, what I loved about this episode the most was the Vandal Savage backstory. Because yes, I uh, they right. they're really tying Vandal Savage into the the human history, really. Uh, well, uh, of the DC universe, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a lunatic, and I love like tying everything together. And holy Jesus, do they tie like everything to Vandal Savage? Like he's the father of the King of Atlantis, and he's like Naboo's father too. Right? Yeah. So I, I that that. Sent me down a rabbit hole that they established that last season about Nabu, um, which is not something that they've done before. That's just for this show. Same thing with Arion too. Um, he was never been related to Vandal Savage before, so 
Uh, it's an interesting way to to um, to increase the importance of Vandal Savage, who has been a probably the most prominent villain overall uh, in this entire cartoon series. Yeah. Yeah, and he's essentially like fathered like every historical figure in the DC universe in the show. It's good that he is this main villain because they're able to tie everything together and it makes him just that much more noteworthy and powerful, right? Yeah. Like if they ever eventually take him out, that'll be a big, big deal for this show. Yeah, and um, just I have to throw in a little anecdote that – I didn't know much about this character until there was a uh, a Justice League episode about him. It was about oh, yeah. Superman and Battle Savage, and I, I I thought it was one of the it was one of my favorite episodes of that series. And I did not know anything about the character before, and um, it, it was a great introduction to it. Yeah, that's the beauty of a show like Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman the Animated Series. They're able to, in a span of like twenty two minutes or so, introduce kids when we were kids. To these characters that you would have a hard time comprehending or getting all the information you needed on them they put them in these nice little nuggets for us to ingest you know and that's where our fandom comes from you know and uh what i liked about this too is that they really develop the different like races that are in the dc universe like in the comics they've always referenced homo magi which is essentially like magic user People that are just magic users by birth, right? They're like mutants, but they can use magic. And they established that Vandal Savage, I don't know, he didn't father them, right? But he he knew where to find them, I think. Uh, no, he, they, that was what the, uh, the Atlanteans were before they were submerged and had their latent powers activated. And then they became, uh, what was it, Mermanus or something? Yeah, um, yeah, they, so many different terms. Yeah, it was like uh, Mementus. Yeah, yeah, Homo Mementus. Mement, okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and so then besides that, you also have Homo... Ho, <laughs> it's going to get me in trouble this episode. Homo Meta, or Homo Meta, which that's like, that's, that is like the DC version of mutants. Yeah, that's like a meta-human, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you have all these different races, and it's so cool because there's all these different characters that have these histories like Zatanna is a homo magi like and her father and so they just naturally have magic uh what's her face 13 right what's her first name Tracy 13 Tracy 13 she's another homo magi right and so like that explains where they come from but then it also explains why Atlantean people are so powerful with magic because that's what they're all descended from I just I just love how it all gets tied up in a nice bow you know yeah absolutely um I, I tweeted this. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but I basically said that if you took the showrunners for this show and you had them essentially run the DC cinematic universe, I feel like they could make something that would rival the MCU. Um, it, it's certainly possible. They're doing a fantastic job with this, but the mediums are very different. Um, and a show is very different than a movie as well. So it, some things... Um, the amount of world building that's done here, I'm not sure could be done as well in a movie um, scenario. But yeah, I, I, I would absolutely, you know, be willing to watch them take a crack at it. Yeah. Because in the movies, we're going to start to get, like, we're going to get Dr. Fate, we're going to get the Justice League, we're getting Black Adam. And I feel like if you had a backstory already kind of established or a blueprint, 
you could make it all fit together really well and make it work. But I fear, I fear that it's going to just be disjointed stuff and not really blend together like the way yeah. that the show does. Yeah, because this show was made with with a level of care, and and for the most part, everything fits in very well. But the the movies are the the DCEU is already off to a fairly rocky start in terms of continuity. So, um, yeah. trying to tie, I mean, it may be better to start from scratch, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I I completely agree. You know, I just I think that this show is a good example of how you can make it all work, and you can also make it seem like kind of realistic even though it's very far-fetched and um you could just tie in all these various different characters into one mythology i think they do an excellent job with that with this show yeah and another the, another benefit of uh, of the medium of for animation too is that you can have a background character there for five seconds and you know and sometimes they can even be a non-speaking role and that that adds so much but where in a live action movie you have to cast somebody and you have to pay them uh, a lot, and you know it's 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 different. It's harder to to have a, a large cast like that in a movie, um, you know, c compared to a show like like this, where there are literally hundreds of characters. Yes, yes, that's that's uh very very well put. Yeah, you're right. Like, and, and not only that, but then like the actors, they can use certain characters, and like they don't age at all, right? And so. It's just the same voices. Their voices might be a little different, but it's not a matter of like cosmetically, do they look the same? Some of these characters like immortal, like Vandal Savage. So the actor can't age. I know with like technology, it doesn't matter. They can make anybody look young now. But yeah, and also too, I mean, and something this show does um, employs very well is that they, um, you know, they have some actors and actresses uh, portray multiple characters, which you really can't do in live action for the most part. Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, Let's see. I, I was. I had so much to say. What the fuck is up with the school bus? <laughs> yes. Okay. So the school bus has made a lot of appearances apparently, and I, I've just never really, um, really like noticed. I, I have noticed it, but never really put it all together. It's just something that's there that they've been doing it since the first. I think the first season. Uh, really? The first. I looked this up on the last week's episode uh, because they um, when they're catching those little trolls that bus yeah. appears again and it's always right the same driver and the same kids and look at all panic the whole time but now it's in space so it's right right <laughs> i laughed at it. i honestly laughed at it but it, it made me go look up um the, how they've been doing this as a running gag you know throughout the entire series yeah it's so funny i it's like what i didn't like does this mean anything but i get that it's just like an inside joke or whatever it's funny because like they always they have school bus scenes like that in many movies. It's in like Man of Steel. I think it's in one of the Spider-Man movies at least. You know, there's a lot of movies like that. And yeah, it's real funny. Did you uh, get the Earth 17 reference that Clarion made? No, I didn't. Yeah. So essentially there's that sequence where the girl is telling Clarion he did a poor job and you know she's gonna take over, they're gonna get rid of him, and he's trying to talk about what he's done, like his accomplishments. And he's like, oh, there's my accomplishment on Earth-17. And then Tico kind of goes, meow. And he's like, it's not a fiasco. And so I had to look up Earth-17. And, you know, I know that the Young Justice world is Earth-16. So I figured it has to be something close. But it's a really weird-ass world. It's um, a world where, like, it's almost like Fallout, where there was, like, an atomic war in the 60s. And so all the heroes are in this, like, world that's, like, you know, has nuclear fallout. And the Atomic Knights are the heroes there. 
and they're led by um, Adam Strange. So I was like, that's a weird what reference. What medium was this presented in? Was it, was it a comic or? Comic, yeah. What era? It's it's from uh, Morrison's uh, Multiversity series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they go to so many point. different uh, universes, and that's hard to remember them all. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. It's wacky. But I, I'm assuming that's what they're mentioning, or it just could be some random thing they're saying. But I, it made sense because that world was, like, completely devastated. And Clarion, as we can see from this, He's pretty freaking powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's um, a little crazy, too. I mean, he seems much more toned down than he was in his, pa- his past self, uh, which I, I guess is basically what the child is saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, were you a fan of, like, the way they were kind of trying to justify, like, how order and chaos work? Like, they are basically saying that, like, He's serving Vandal Savage, and it seems like Vandal Savage is evil, and Vandal Savage is creating chaos. But Vandal Savage is almost like a Lord of Order. Do you remember that part? Yes, they're basically saying that as long as the balance is maintained, uh, it doesn't matter what you're you're doing. Is, is um, ultimately, but uh, yeah, there is a certain amount of of control that Vandal Savage is trying to uh, pre- present here, uh, and, and you can definitely look at it as a matter of order. I mean, it's. Order and chaos is not good and evil necessarily. Right, right, so. right. Yeah, and, and he wants so much control that essentially, like, he could like bring order to the whole world, which I think that's kind of what he's trying to do is like conquer yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, and I also liked—I mean, first of all, there were a lot of sequences in this episode that were like feature length, or not feature length, but like could be on the big screen, like amazing action sequences, right? Yeah. Like, like when they're fighting the demon, uh, this one part I love so much is when the demon jumps up at the girl, just blasts her with fire, and then she's a skeleton, but then she comes out of the skeleton's yeah, eye. The eye. Oh, I love that so much. And, and this is also after uh, Clarion, uh, you know, bisects right down the middle, uh, the, the shot right down the middle, and she just comes back. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm some black dude now, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just every single episode, there's some kind of horrific thing that's happening, right? And actually, this, this is something I didn't notice, too. Is that, I mean, um, when the child is is raising that big land mass there, I thought they were just, like, in the middle of the woods somewhere or something like that. But no, there's, like, a town that got half-raised in that, too, and it was destroyed because of this. Ah, uh, what assholes, yeah. <laughs> and um, I love that, like, Clarion, he, he like, always – says like he messes up his phrases like he says carp all the time instead of crap and yeah <laughs> so um what else did you like from that episode um i i did not notice this myself but i was very curious as to uh the in um in jason blood's uh house or wherever that was that chamber they they, they kept cutting away from him him saying uh don't touch that don't touch that don't touch that and those were apparently all artifacts from the Gargoyles show, which, um, oh. which Greg Weissman had a, had a hand in creating, which I thought was really cool. But I had to look that up and see what they were because I didn't recognize anything off the top of my head. But um, that was a nice little, like, kind of meta callback, I suppose. That is awesome. Okay. I, I would never have known that if you had brought yeah. it up. I appreciate that. Oh, man, that's so cool. Um, yeah, that, that, was, that was a great sequence where, you know, He's going to touch everything, or Mary Marvel's going to touch stuff in there. And then uh, when the demon comes out, he looks at Mary Marvel and he says something like, oh, you have someone inside of you too, just like Jason Blood. I like yeah. that little touch. 
I, I like the idea of like the Marvel, well, they're not the, the Shazam people now. Like they have like a person inside of them that's being like unleashed. I like I like that a lot. Absolutely. Um, I was gonna say something and I lost it. Damn it! That you happens. I, I, I've been yakking a lot. Uh, I I like that. Uh, so they cut to McGann at one point. McGann and uh, you know Martian Manhunter and McGann's sister. And McGann's sister's able to sort of make her have this catharsis. She even kind of calls it out when she's about to break down. But McGann mentions that she's a professional guidance counselor. And I, I found it kind of interesting that like um, Tigress is a professor and then McGann is a guidance counselor. You have all these sort of young heroes working in education. And like as someone that works in education, I, I really appreciated that, you know? Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I guess they're the only two that do that. I don't think they ever mention what anybody else does uh, outside of that. I think that like uh, Aquaman, right? Caldor, he, he just is like Arthur, right? Where he like runs Atlantis, right? Uh, yeah, I think he's technically the king of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, and he's then, not the king. No, no, he's this Aquaman. He's not the king. Oh, oh, so, oh, okay. So then is, is Arthur just the king then? I, th I think so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he doesn't really need a secret identity, I guess. And then Dick, you know, is just, you know, whatever he is, I guess. Like, I think when they have Nightwing in the car, what's that? He's just not in this season. Yeah, well, we'll see him soon, I bet. Yeah. But like, um, and his beautiful butt cheeks. But, um, they don't really show it off in the cartoon. But I was going to say that, uh, you know, in the comics, a lot of times he, he can be a cop too. And he, yeah. he works in like Bloodhaven. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, unless you got anything else you want to talk about with this episode, we can move on to... The the um, the, the one thing I want to mention is that so far, the, the first two arcs of the show were four episodes each, and um, we have 13 episodes in this first half of the season. So this this arc is actually getting um, a, a bit more, a bit higher episode count. Okay. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. So I, I imagine that, I mean, it already seems like this is going to be start to tie in the the kind of larger arc um, before the show. Okay. I mean, cool, for the season. Cool. So. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe they will bring in, because all this Atlantis stuff, you'd think they will bring Kaldor in, right? Uh, yeah, I figure at some point, he, he might even show up in this arc, hopefully. Um, so uh, what do we have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, all, of the, all the titles are available, and you can see like a one-sentence description of all of them. Um, yeah. And they really just say, like Zatanna and her allies the whole time. Oh. So they're not really giving in the way, but they, they mentioned like, oh, they make some new friends or they make a new enemy or something like that. So um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at some point during these next uh, four episodes or whatever. Oh, wow. There's four more in this arc. Um, I can't do math right now. <laughs> it's okay. We're just recording live. You know, we do this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, while you're saying that, I can just kind of piggyback on that because there is that line that Zatanna says at the very end where she's like, we need allies or we need more people. So yes. I'm assuming, I was assuming she was getting more people from the team. Yes, and there are three more. I'm, I'm a moron. I'm just not doing math on the fly right now. I don't know why. It's too late. Dude, you're not a moron. You're, you're a dad just like me and you, you work full time, you know, and we're recording. This is like 1030 your time, right? Very true. Yes. I am normally in bed by now. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you're like me, but like when I first watched the episode, I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. This is going to be this brilliant point. And then it's like, well, then we don't record for like 18 hours later. 
I'm like, ah, oh, shit. What am I supposed to talk about? You know? Uh, I just pretty much like, every time I watch it, for the most part, I watch it. I'll watch the episode when it airs. So tomorrow I'll watch the new one. And then I'll forget everything. But I'll yeah, rewatch yeah. it again like, like an hour or two, uh, two before we record. Just so I have some kind of pressure on it. No, but that's that's wise. I mean, I, I make my notes, right? And here's some of my notes. I have uh, lifting ground, metagenes, flies out of skull eye, carp. That's like, you know, it's like. Yeah, like someone just read that randomly. Like, what the fuck is this guy talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, is, is he having a nervous breakdown, you know? <laughs> it's this, like, is, this is the beginning of his manifesto. Yeah, right, right, right. All right, man. Well, so then we can move on to what all the nerds are having orgasms about today. By the way, you know, we just spoiled the shit out of Young Justice. We might as well spoil the shit out of Hawkeye episode five. Hell yeah. Yes. Brian, it happened. It happened. It happened. I can't they believe it. Them. And I can't believe, I, I don't know if this was, I, I, I can't tell if this is a byproduct of people respecting not spoiling things or it just wasn't as big of a deal to people. Mm. I feel like I saw more news about Yelena showing up last week than I did about the 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 image shown as the last frame in this episode yeah i mean i know that that, i mean mean, like we we basically called this from the beginning like that he was going to show up like and and i'm like we knew it was going to happen and i was still like yes yeah but the the general reaction i i feel like there isn't a reaction at all to it was it that obvious and and it's not not a surprise so no one cares or people not watching it or well, i don't know what i was wondering too like you kind of are a little bit more knowledgeable than me about like how successful these things are like do you know if the show is doing poorly or if it's doing well i have no idea <laughs> I, I remember uh mr sunday so so for for this um hawkeye show i get a lot of different sources like mr sunday movie bob um it, uh comic drake had a bunch of great stuff about uh, echo that i wanted to talk about but mr sunday was saying that this uh show is like the least watched out of all the disney plus mcu shows you know i i can believe that i mean i think that um and the reason we're we are fans of this character these characters are, are because of that matt fraction david Ah comic book and i i guarantee that most of the people watching that are fans of the mcu have not read that so they kind of do see Hawkeye as more of a joke or not as an important character. Uh, and, and you can also make the argument, too, that the other characters that these shows have been based on are not as important as the ones that, that the movies have been based on. But I think, um, you know, WandaVision had, a, had the benefit of being the first one at the gate and a very unique premise. And uh, people, more people probably gave that a shot than, uh, than, than other shows. So then there were, I, I absolutely know that Falcon Winter Soldier wasn't as watched as that. And okay. you know what? I actually don't know that many people that have watched all four of the shows. I know some oh, people that have okay. just watched, uh, that skipped over WandaVision, or they they, they just watched uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Some just watched Loki. Some have watched two. But I don't know that many people that have, that have actively watched all four of these. Oh. You mean you don't know any other people that, like, meet up every week and discuss the details of them and, like, speculate for, like, 40 minutes on a 30-minute show? At, at 10.30 at night? No. <laughs> we're just the coolest ones but uh absolutely i don't know i mean i i was gonna say this right do you think that if we weren't so invested in this 
would we care about the stuff with Clint? It's a, it's a great question. I, I mean, I I can I can honestly say I never cared for the the, the character of Hawkeye or even Green Arrow prior to actually I didn't care about Green Arrow until until probably Arrow, like the show okay. Arrow. Sure. But with Hawkeye, I didn't care about Hawkeye until uh, until this this comic run there uh, that we mentioned prior. I mean, like I remember reading um, Avengers Disassemble. My God, like, oh, Hawkeye died. Whatever, you know. Yeah, like, right, right. Completely unfazed by it, you know. R- right, um, right. And and then and whatever, I I just heard a buzz about this that series, and I read it, and I loved it, and I've been a fan ever since. Yes. Yeah, I, I feel very similarly. Um, with Hawkeye, like especially with Avengers Disassembled, I felt the exact same way. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's on the team. Okay, that's supposed to be sensational. But then Bendis did try to make him more interesting. And he really intertwined it with the whole Echo. and Well, Echo and also uh, Ronan. Like yeah. just kind of weaving them all together. When the Avengers kind of fell from grace in the comics after Civil War and Secret Invasion... Hawkeye kind of rose to the challenge in the comics and he was like a leader of like the secret group of Avengers. And that made him appealing to me. And of course the comic that we just keep referencing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and especially too, because a big portion of that comic was him stepping into like Cap's shoes because Cap led that team beforehand. And he, you know, he was, he, he felt it was uh, a little overwhelmed at first. Yeah. 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 And, and in the comics at one point, you know, Cap died, and so they were. He was going to like take over. Uh, he he even considered becoming Captain America at one point. Um, but with uh, Hawkeye, there was almost like this perfect storm where they introduced Kate Bishop in a separate thing with Young Justice, and so it's just all these things kind of making Young Hawkeye Avengers. more interesting. And Young Avengers, right? Young Avengers. What did I say? Something else? What did I say? Young Justice. Young Justice. Oh God, it's late, right? <laughs> so, um. What I'm going to say, and it's going to just come off as controversial, is that I kind of feel like this show has all these different things that they're trying to set up, but that it doesn't necessarily feel like there's this like satisfying story going straight throughout that you can put it all on top of. And, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no go finish first. I was going to say, I, I love Kate Bishop. I love Haley Steinfeld's you know, version of her. And I think that there's some chemistry between her and Jeremy Renner. However, I don't think it's working with Swordsman. I don't think it's working with her mom. Um, she, her and Jeremy Renner are great, but it's just, it's not getting me. It's not like Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me. I didn't really like Loki as much as some of these two, but I'm, it's not like WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier for me. Um, well, with... With, with Eleanor and Jack, I, I think um, we don't have the full story here yet. Um, obviously, you know, uh, Eleanor is up to no good. And I, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still thinking that Jack was a red herring this entire time here. So Sure. Um, and I, I think that's okay that, that he may just have been placed there to throw people off. Okay. You know? um, so I, I don't necessarily need to I have to expect – something great from every character okay um, but i don't think they're doing a bad job of it or anything like that and i think 
with with this episode, I'm you're you're kind of starting to see everything get tied together, and you can kind of see where it can um, where it's going to land next week and with the final episode. Yeah, but you know, like there's only one episode left, right? Now, if they make it that Jack DeCane is just a red herring and he's out of the show and that's it, and maybe you see something in the post credits. Okay, good. Like, I, I kind of almost feel like it's going to have like five different post credit scenes and that <laughs> they might interact with the Kingpin in the end of this next episode. And then that's kind of it. Like, maybe there's resolution with Yelena, but then I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be like a post credit scene with Jack. There's going to be a post credit scene with Eleanor and she's going to like put on a mask. And then maybe there'll be some kind of post credit scene with Echo or something like that. I don't, I just feel like it's like setting up future things. It, yeah, but every every show has been about setting up future things so far. Um, and True. So I don't know what the resolution of this show ultimately is. I, I mean, right. I think we've kind of heard or heard rumors that this would kind of be like the swan song for Jeremy Renner. Um, but everything seems to, to be tying back to Kingpin. Now, I think it's a pretty, pretty crazy stretch to think that uh, – the Kingpin's going to get like the, the him as an adversary is going to be resolved here in one episode of time. That yeah. that's not realistic. So I I don't know who's going to lose or who's going to get like beaten or defeated in the, in the next episode. And it may just ultimately end with everyone with uh, the protagonist coming kind of an understanding that they've all been played by the, uh, a single person, uh, a central person, which is Kingpin. Okay. Well, because, I mean, what we're what we're saying here is, uh, I mean, uh, Clint has clearly meddled within Kingpin's crime empire in, in the past here, um, where they're implying that uh, he's responsible for uh, the death of Echo's father, and um, how does how does uh, how does Yelena tie in then? <laughs> well, Yelena, Yelena got hired hired well. What I'm confused about this, I'm I'm very confused about Yelena actually, uh, and I keep reading that the the writers for Black Widow and the writers for the show uh, were completely in the dark about each other's storylines. So from the Black Widow movie, it makes it seem like um, uh, the Countess, the Countess, is the one that is hiring Yelena to go after Clint. Yes, but in this they're making it seem like it's Eleanor hiring Yelena to take out Clint. Uh, in the guise of protecting her or pre preventing her daughter from getting involved and finding it more out. So I, th those those two kind of things are kind of at odds to me. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how, but she seems to, Yelena seems to, uh, she seems to have been digging into who hired her. And I feel like she's, feels like she's been wrong somehow. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, so maybe ultimately it, it, it really is that she's been led to believe that Clint's a lot worse of a person than he actually is. And, yeah. um, and you know, he's certainly done some bad things, but on the same hand, so is she. So I, I, it's like, you know, the, the, the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I feel like what we might end up seeing is something along the lines of um, the cabal, which like in the comics, the cabal was like the inverse of the Illuminati. Or like the Illuminati's like, you know, I mean, you know this, I'm just saying this to our viewers, but like Doctor Strange, Namor, you know, uh fucking voice man. What the Black, Black Bolt. 
Black Bolt, right? Professor X, right? So that's the Illuminati. And then they had like the the evil version, right? They had like the female Loki and uh, Doctor Doom. And I could have sworn Madame Mask was on that too. And it's like, if they're trying to use that uh, cabal or like kind of set that up, maybe the Countess is like an intermediary for them. And so she's the one that hired Yelena, but she was doing that on behalf of Eleanor, right? Madam Mask. Oh, um, we're saying we're saying that Eleanor contacted uh, the, the, the Countess Contessa to hire Yelena. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But uh, I wonder if those timelines work out. They probably don't. And it's so weird because, like, I didn't even understand the timelines in the MCU. They're saying that the blip happened in 2018, right? Because yeah. that's what in the first scene. And I know that you jump five years ahead in uh, Endgame. So that would make it like 2023, right? Currently. Yeah. I feel like a little bit of time has passed by now. So it could be 2023, maybe 2024. Oh, yeah. 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 You're right. That's right. Because the blip has been a while ago, too. So, like, or the return from the blip. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it could be like 2024 or 2025. That, well, that just, then again, it, it's Christmas time, so maybe maybe it probably is more 2023 going into 2024. So, okay, okay, which it, yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I see it, like the point you're saying with like the Black Widow writers and the Hawkeye writers not necessarily knowing what's going on, and so they just did the best they could. Um, I, I do kind of have this idea that maybe there is like the Cabal or something like that, and I feel like the Countessa might be an intermediary and. This is all kind of going towards a you know uh, Dark Avengers thing. I think that I think they are ultimately building the Dark Avengers. Um, but you, you asked a question before of like, well, what's the main resolution? How does this all come into you know? How does it end, right? And um, I think that in this episode they were setting up that Kazi had betrayed Echo's dad, right? Yeah. So I, yes, I, I'm. I took it as as uh kingpin wanted to get rid of echo's dad and kazi was kind of like the messenger there and that's why and that's why he wasn't there but it yeah. doesn't make sense that why why that happened and then why echo would be taking over that crew and and the plate and her dad's place and if that was the case so yeah um and and, and even with that you could kind of go two different ways because you could go like Clint absolutely killed her dad and that's what happened. Or you could do like, maybe they hired Duquesne and, and he wore the Ronin costume. And they tried to run it off like it was Ronin. Who knows, right? But it's like, yeah, you bring up a good question. Like, why did they ha- want to have him killed in the first place? Um, you that's know, maybe- actually a really good idea. I, I wonder, because it, it does seem like there was a scene in this episode after uh, when um, uh, Clint shows up in the Ronin costume and and fights Maya and he takes off his mask and he says I want to show you my face and like we're the same he says we're the same both weapons sort of I guess um but it, it does feel weird that like he's basically saying he's not apologizing for killing her dad so no. I, I, I'm assuming that, that maybe you're onto something here where he actually didn't do it see because like what if this right like what if the reason why Kingpin wanted him, the dad killed was because the dad was like an informant to the good guys, maybe even to Clint slash Ronan 
And so they hired Duquesne to come in as Ronan and he takes out all those guys, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, they, they think that that's Clint, but it's Duquesne and he's the one that murders the dad. Yeah. And also he was, uh, Duquesne was very interested in that sword. I mean, granted he's, he's a sword collector, but maybe there's, there's more to it with that sword specifically that he that he wanted it so badly. Yeah. That dude collects swords the way you collect Transformers, man. Oh, shit. We're in trouble. <laughs> Good thing he's a billionaire, you know, or, or however rich he is, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're going to find out everything that happens uh, by the next episode. I do think there's going to be, like, a shit ton of, like, epilogue-type stuff. Or this person's going to do this, and this person's going to do this. Um, to me, it would make sense if, like... Because I'm just trying to think who's fighting who at the end. Obviously, there has to be an action sequence, right? So if it's not just a red herring for the swordsman, and it is what we're theorizing right now, he comes in, he's fighting with a sword. You got Echo, who I'm assuming is going to be on the side of Clint and uh, Kate. And then I guess Yelena is there. And maybe I guess they're just fighting tracksuit guys. Oh, and Kazi too, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll just be like a big shootout slash sword fight. So basically, the, the the resolution is going to be that the the tracksuits kind of get taken down in a sense, and that's really. And then you know we get a scene of of Kingpin. Maybe uh, maybe Swordsman gets taken down, and then I, I I have a hard time believing that we'll see um, Eleanor get arrested or, or something will happen to her because I really like your idea of, of her being this and the MCU's Madam Mask even though that's, that's not who it is in the comics, but I really like that idea. I'm hoping I'm holding out for that. So, and I think it would be a waste to, um, to have her behind bars this, this soon. Okay. So let's do this. You ready? Let's, let's do a series of bets. Okay. I'm going to write down my side. Hopefully you can remember your side or you can write down too, but let's write down things we think we're going to see in that last episode. Okay. Okay. Wait, we write it down right now. You don't have to like literally write it down. Just remember okay. the points that you make. Okay. Okay. So just to get the ball rolling, I'll, I'll throw one. But absolutely, Eleanor putting on a mask, or she opens up a case and there's a mask. Yeah. Okay. Eleanor mask. That's mine. Do you have one too? Well, you got the best one now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a dick. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm assuming that uh, we're gonna ha- see Echo take the Ronin costume. Okay, 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 that's cool. All right, I'm I'm putting I'm writing it down for you. That's Brian. Echo take the Ronin costume. Okay, I'm gonna say that you get a post credit scene with um. No, no, fuck the swordsman thing. I'm going to say that you have, like, Kazi fighting against uh, Echo, right? Because there's going to be, like, a showdown between them. Yep. Right? Um, I think that you're also going to have... Oh, shit. I had a good one, too. (laughs) Oh, here's Uh, the question here. Do you think Vincent D'Onofrio will actually be in the next episode? Yes, but and, it's and, be and in the actual episode and not in a post-credit scene. I, I feel like if it's going to be anything, it's going to be a post-credit scene. 
Okay. Can I write that down as one of yours? Post-credit yeah. kingpin? Yeah. Okay. Post-credit kingpin. All right. And then... Um, let's see. Maybe... Now, I was going to say, like, maybe Yelena breaks Swordsman out of jail or something like that. I don't know. Because I feel like no. he could potentially be a Dark Avenger. Maybe. Um, yeah. No, because if anything, I feel like I feel like we're going to see Clint, Maya, Kate, and Yelena all fighting on the same side. That's what I think we're going to be seeing here. So uh, that doesn't that doesn't jive with with that idea. Okay. Jive? What the hell? What? Where am I from? It doesn't jive, Hobie. But um, what do you call? I was going to say it, it's cheating to be like Clint goes home for Christmas, right? Like everyone knows it's going to happen, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay you know what? Cheating. I mean. I'm 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 real. I I really want to know what ultimately happens with Clint here because like 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 we said, supposedly this is it for him. Like he's not going to be in anything anymore. So I mean, does he just go go home for Christmas and that's it? He just he just lives on his farm and that you we don't see him ever again. I don't know. I well that brings up a question. Do you want to take credit and have on your list that his wife is Mockingbird? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's got to be on my list. That's on your list. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, because we have to find out what. We have to find out exactly what the watch means. We have yeah. to. They can't say, oh, it's a watch and it ties somebody. You, that, that's not enough. It, like, you can't throw that out there without defining it better. Okay. Okay. Um, so what I think is happening here is that you're getting like a, you're getting two threads with all the post-credit kind of stuff, right? You're having this like Kang kind of big picture stuff, which you're just seeing with like Loki. And I don't really think we've seen in the other shows. And I'm not sure where Scarlet Witch fits in with this, but I know that with this show and with Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's uh, like stuff with the Countess, right? Um, I, I feel like you have like a Dark Avengers thing going on with the Countess and you might see the Countess in that scene where Eleanor has a mask. So I'm going to put that in for mine too. Okay. Um, okay. I, I have to make some kind of prediction with Kate because I, I feel like at the very least, she knows her mom is up to bad stuff. So she's not going to stick around in New York, I don't think. Now, I, I, I'm not sure is if, if, if she's going to go back with Clint and like train with him for a while or something maybe. Or... Um, or maybe she goes and hangs out with Black Widow, with Yelena, and, like, learns some stuff from her or something. Um, okay. The one thing I feel like I, we do know is that the next time we're going to see Haley Steinfeld um, is Ant-Man. Ant-Man the Wasp. Oh, she's in that? I believe she is, yes. Doesn't Ant-Man take place in California? San Francisco. So that right. kind of makes me feel like it's, got, it's, it's more Hawkeye. Yeah. I'm more yeah. going with Clint. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. But you say this is the last Jeremy Renner, though, right? I think so. I, well, I mean, maybe, maybe he'll just appear as like, like you know, cameos or something. But like, he's yeah. not gonna be in any like crazy uh, missions or anything like that anymore. You know? Maybe we should get Jeremy Renner to do a cameo, like you know that service where you pay people. <laughs> they could be like, "This show is great. Listen to Brian and Pete and their Bitcoin." Nope. 
what you got to do is you have to um, ask some questions and then film us asking them. So it's like we're in it. Right, right, right. But the problem with that is that it says like cameo on the video. I could probably yeah, blur it out or something. The bottom of it, or we can crop it a little bit. That's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. So make sure you say good points, Pete. Okay. So, all right. So I'm gonna go through our list, and you can add things if you want. But you got way more than me. I got yeah. the Countess is gonna be in a scene with Eleanor put on a mask. I got Kazi fighting against Maya. Uh, and then you have Echo takes the Ronin costume, post-credit Kingpin. You got Clint, Maya, Kate, and Yelena, Yelena together fighting. And you got the Mockingbird one, too. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out that Kate is going to go back with Clint for Christmas and is going to train with Clint. Okay, okay. Kate she has nowhere else to go right now. Okay, so then you know her, what? Her I'm going to down. You know, her mom's a criminal. She, she's got, she needs to escape. I'm going to steal your thing then, man. And I'm going to say that she's going to go with Yelena. And they're going to go to California. Okay. All right. Kate, go to California. Okay. So oh, yeah. Kate, Kate right. has that whole West Coast, you know, thing. So, I mean. Right. Exactly. Man. So I have one, two, three, four things, and you have one, two, three, four, five. So that's that's pretty good list right there. I'm good with that. Yeah. So you know, after we watch the episode next week, we can see who got the most right. All right. Cool, man. All right. So unless you got any more to say about Hawkeye, I think we can bring it to a close. Um. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay. And then Brian and I are also going to see Spider Man. And so we are going to make sure that we get some time this weekend to meet up and have a live discussion of Spider-Man No Way Home. So that'll most likely be, I think, probably Saturday, maybe Sunday, right? Yeah, uh, I, I'm seeing it Saturday morning now, so. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to talk about it with you. <laughs> All right, well, this is fun, man. And I guess we will see you guys after we see Mephisto in Spider-Man. See y'all.